All right, so listen, everybody. It's this is Wagers Ragers. The regular season is over, so there's no more week like 15 or 16 or week 17. We are in the playoffs. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? And it's an interesting, uh, interesting week this week because it's Wild Card Week. Born to be wild. Take a ride on the wild side. Hey, I heard you are a wild one. Is he, babe? Take a walk on the wild side. And there are there there are six games this week. There is an extra playoff team, so there are three games on Saturday, three games on Sunday. So we are in the wild card week of Wagers Ragers. I am your host, Joshua J.T. Buckner, always coming to you from the great state of New Jersey. I'm in New Jersey. Joining me, of course, my compadre, John the Hedgehog Donath. The Hedgehog. From the same state, the Garden State, the greatest state, the dirty state, New Jersey. John, how you doing? I'm in New Jersey. I'm doing pretty well i would say i you know i guess i'll just say this it's been a week it's been a week <laughs> 2021 has gotten off to a hell of a start get, won't get too, too far into that but hey we're hoping that we can provide the people out there a little distraction from some of the craziness going on out there in the world i feel like i think or say that every week but uh this week as well as we begin 2021 and try to, you know, distract the people with a really crazy wildcard weekend. I have to admit, when I first heard about this change uh, and the added playoff teams, you know, as, as a football fan that ha- has a team that I root for, I kind of like the idea that there's more chances for my team to get a bye. My team is the Eagles, and obviously that's not a concern this year. So as a football fan in general and a betting fan, I'm very excited to have six games this weekend, three each day. I'm very pumped about that. Yeah, I mean, listen, I mean, you know, every week we analyze our respective teams, you know, how they're going to do against the team they're playing. I'm a Jet fan. Uh, John's an Eagle fan. But both of our teams are not in the playoffs this week. So there are six games. And we have, you know, we've just, we've divided up the, the six games into uh, three and three, and we're each going to analyze three games. And just to give a quick recap of last week. We're sending you back to the future. It was a terrible week for me. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to belabor the entire thing. I thought the Jets were going to cover the spread against the Patriots. They were getting three points. They lost. They got crushed. Didn't cover that. The Cardinals, who I thought were going to beat the fraudulent Rams, who were giving three points, didn't cover that, lost. Rams are in the playoffs. You know, enough said. So we're into the playoffs. My picks were terrible. That's gambling for you. John, how'd you do last week? Just give me like a quick 30-second minute recap of how you did. Pretty good week last week. I said to take the the Washington football team over the Eagles. That was obviously the correct call. And also, just real quick, teams tank every year to improve their draft position. A lot of teams do it for a whole year. The Eagles do it for one game. People lose their minds. Whatever. In the game, I said to take Boston Scott rushing. That worked out. I said to take Jalen Hurts rushing. That didn't quite work out. Second game I picked was the Raiders and the Broncos. Uh, Raiders giving two and a half. I said to take the Raiders. That was not correct, uh, but that's only because John Gruden hates me and decided to go for two instead of kicking the extra point and sending the game to overtime, in which case that bet might have cashed. I said to take Josh Jacobs, his rushing prop, which I think was 65 or something like that. That was correct. And then Darren Waller had another big game, so he hit on both yardage and catches. So uh, overall, pretty good week last week and looking to do better now. All right, look, we're going to go in order. So there's three games on Saturday, three games on Sunday. The first game on Saturday is at 1 o'clock, 1.05. It's Indianapolis and uh, the Buffalo Bills. So John, I think, is going to take us away on this game. And John, give us your analysis on the Bills-Colts game, 1.05, Saturday, to kick off Wild Card Weekend. Yes, this is a game I'm really, really excited for. 
It's the Indianapolis Colts coming in at 11 and five, the number seven seed in the AFC, traveling to Buffalo to go against the Bills, who had just a fantastic year this year. 13 and three, the number two overall seed, and won the AFC East. Incredible year for Josh Allen and the Bills. Another thing in the Bills' favor this weekend, if I recall correctly, I believe that the Bills are actually going to be allowed to have some fans in the stadium for this game. So I'm very happy for them. The Bills come in red hot. They won nine of their last 10 games. They covered the spread in the last eight in a row. The Colts also coming in pretty hot, six and two in their last eight games. The really big thing for the Colts this year, there's really two main stories for the Colts. That was their defense, which was pretty much fantastic all year long. And then the running game with Jonathan Taylor, who has just really come on in the last month or, month or so of the season. Since week 11, Jonathan Taylor is the NFL's second leading rusher behind only Derrick Henry. And this is just going to be a game that, you know, two great young teams with two quarterbacks. Indy's got the grizzled veteran in Philip Rivers. Buffalo, on the other hand, has the hot young gunslinger in Josh Allen, who has really just improved so much in his three years in the league. He made his playoff debut last week, uh, excuse me, last year against the Houston Texans. It it was a crazy game last year. Allen had a, a really great first half and then forgot how to play football and was just dreadful in the second half. He, that was sort of the tale of his career coming up to this year. And it just doesn't look like that's happening anymore for him. He finished as the fifth overall passer in the league this year after coming in 23 last year. So quite an improvement for Josh Allen. He had, you know, just an incredible and incredible year. Is playing at a very high level right now. And I can see Josh Allen really taking the next step in these playoffs. Last week, uh, the Bills uh, did not rest their players. They beat up on the Dolphins 56 to 26. And an interesting thing about that win, it was that Bills win over the Dolphins that actually put the Colts in the playoffs. So it's an interesting turn of events that the Bills win puts the Colts in. I talked a little bit before about Josh Allen really being the story of the year for Buffalo. He really was. He led the Bills offense to a number two overall ranking in both offensive points per game and yards per game. The Bills giving six and a half at minus 108 on DraftKings. And this is a game in which I think the Bills are going to win. I think the Bills are going to win, and I'm going to take them to cover the spread. I love the fact that the Bills are at home, will have fans in the stadium for the first time all year. I think head coach Sean McDermott has just done a fantastic job. The Bills are one of the teams in the NFL which are on uh, an incredible trajectory upward, and I think that continues with a first-round playoff win over Frank Reich and the Colts. I just think Josh Allen and the offense will be too much for the Colts overall. Props, 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 props. Uh, I'm going to start with Jonathan Taylor. I mentioned earlier that Taylor uh, is the league's number two overall leading rusher since week 11. The Bills rushing defense, on the other hand, not great. On the year, the Bills run defense, 26 in the league, allowing 4.6 yards per carry. I think that's the perfect confluence of circumstances here to help Jonathan Taylor over the rushing prompt. On FanDuel, it's 77.5 yards at minus 112. On DraftKings, you get a better yardage number at 73.5, but the odds are just crap at minus 150. So I'm going to take Jonathan Taylor here, 77.5 rushing yards at minus 112 against that Bills D, which was only 26th in the league. Uh, Taylor has just been so hot recently. I have to believe that Frank Reich and the Colts are going to continue to, to give him the rock. Kind of going along that same thinking, I'm also going to take Naheem Hines. His rushing props on DraftKings, it's 23 and a half rushing yards at plus 110. Very nice odds. On FanDuel, it's 21 and a half at minus 112. So even though FanDuel has the better yardage number for the Naheem Hines rushing prop, I'm going to take it on DraftKings. I'm going to take Naheem Hines to beat 23 and a half rushing yards because I like that. I like those odds at plus 110. And it doesn't even bother me that Taylor's really come through and established his dominance in the um, Indianapolis backfield because Hines has thrived even with Taylor getting most of the carries. Hines has 29 or more rushing yards. In five out of the Colts' last six games, and that was when 
uh, Jonathan Taylor, or has, as he's affectionately known, JT, after he had already taken over as the lead dog for Indianapolis. So I think Taylor and Hines can both hit their rushing props. Also throughout the year, I've loved taking a look at quarterback rushing. Josh Allen has wheels. He can move. He had at least six carries in eight out of the last 10, excuse me, eight out of the last 11 games the Bills played and had at least 28 rushing yards in five out of the last seven. His rushing prop for tomorrow, 29 and a half yards at minus 112 on both FanDuel and DraftKings. I like Josh Allen to hit that prop, to be honest with you. When I was kind of going through the numbers here, JT, and thinking if I wanted to take this prop, I sort of envisioned how the game might go tomorrow. And I think the first playoff game of the weekend with the Bills fans in the stadium, I think uh, Allen is going to be pumped. I think the Bills are going to be pumped. I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew. <laughs> I think he's going to be all juiced up and will want to take off and will do so several times during the game tomorrow. And I think he's going to get that that rushing prop. Uh, it made me think that Allen on the big stage is going to want to put on a big show. So I looked back to last year to see what he did against the Texans in the playoffs. And just as I thought, um, I, I recalled him having a pretty good game, and he did. Uh, he rushed nine times for 92 yards in his only playoff game last year. And while the Colts have been pretty good against rushing quarterbacks this year, they, they really have, they've given up 25 yards or more a couple of times to, believe it or not, Sam Darnold, Lamar Jackson, and Deshaun Watson twice. While Allen is not quite Jackson or Deshaun, He's certainly in the next class down as far as uh, rushing quarterbacks. So I'll take Josh Allen to be 29 and a half rushing yards as well. Uh, Stefan Diggs uh, was such a great addition for the Bills this year. They traded a first round pick for him and he rewarded them by giving them the number one receiver in the league. Diggs had nine or more catches in six out of his last eight games and 92 or more receiving yards in seven out of his last nine. However, the receiving prop for Diggs might be a little bit too rich for my blood. But while Indy had a pretty good defense for most of the year, at the end of the day, their passing defense was only 20th overall as far as passing yards per game. Diggs's receiving yards props are, are in the 90s on both uh, DraftKings and FanDuel. It's 90 and a half on DraftKings. It's 91 and a half on FanDuel. Uh, I, I love Allen tomorrow. I love Diggs. I love the Bills to win. Uh, but that 90 yard receiving prop is just too much for me. Diggs is awesome, but I reserve that to, for like Devontae Adams. However, I will take his reception prop. That's seven and a half on both DraftKings and FanDuel. It's, um, Minus 110 on DraftKings, but plus 102 on FanDuel, and that's where I'm going to take it. Uh, like I said a second ago, Diggs has been routine, routinely hitting that. He had nine or more catches in six out of his last eight games. I think Allen, in addition to running on the big stage in a big game, will rely on his number one target, that's Stephon Diggs. So that's what I've got for this game. I like the Bills to win at home, to cover the six and a half in front of the Bills fans. I like Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines to both hit their rushing props. I like Diggs catches at seven and a half. And one more quick one, actually if I may. Uh, Gabriel Davis, the Bills' fourth-round pick, has really come on in the last third of the season. In the last six games for the Bills, Davis had 16 catches for 314 yards and four touchdowns in those six games. And I kind of like Gabriel Davis as a sneaky anytime touchdown play here. You can get that at plus 165 on FanDuel, much better on DraftKings at plus 190. So, JT, tell me what you think about game one of wildcard weekend. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm not going to give like a whole lot of commentary on this game, but I do love the bills. I love the bills to cover this, to cover the spread. I think Buffalo is, is peaking right now. They are playing tremendous football. And so six and a half, I think it's an easy cover. I think they're going to crush the Colts this weekend. Uh, you know, look, the Colts defense is great. They've, they're a top 10 defense, but Buffalo is just playing tremendous football right now. So I love Buffalo to cover that six and a half. My props on this game, listen, I, I mean, I think we've been on this all year long, is, is rushing yards for quarterbacks. And I think given the fact that the Colts defense is really, really good, they're going to flush Josh Allen out of the pocket. So over 29 and a half yards, one, minus 112 on DraftKings is a great bet as far as uh, rushing yards on a quarterback. 
I love Jonathan Taylor on the FanDuel rushing uh, over uh, against Buffalo's defense. But my two, my two props that I love in this game, which I hit on last week, is Zach Moss. Over 37 and a half rushing yards, minus 112 on DraftKings. And my big bet this week, which I hit on last week on a touchdown, is Zach Moss plus 190 to score a touchdown on DraftKings for Buffalo. So those are my those are my picks this week on the Buffalo Indianapolis game. I see Buffalo covering the spread, uh, winning by, you know, probably like a 10 to 13 point uh, margin. And uh, that's my thoughts on this game. Any last thoughts on this game, John? Uh, I'm like I said, I'm very excited about this game. I think it could be a fun game to watch. And I 100% agree. I love the Bills to win and cover tomorrow. All right. So I've got the four o'clock game, which is Rams Seahawks. Now, I've told you guys in the past that I think the entire NFC West is a bunch of frauds. And last week, two frauds plays to get, played against each other. Rams, Cardinals. I had the Cardinals covering the three-point spread against the Rams, and they didn't do it. The Rams covered it. They had John Wolford as quarterback. I mean, just whatever. What a terrible game. But I look at this game, and this is this is the third go-around. Rams, Seahawks, NFC West opponents playing each other again at Seattle. A stat that really stood out to me, DK Metcalf against Jalen Ramsey. So they played against each other twice. Game one, Metcalf, two targets, no receptions, no yards, no touchdowns. Game two, two targets, one reception, 11 yards, no touchdowns. Did it really matter, though, in the second game? Because Seattle won 20 to 9. And we don't know who the quarterback is going to be this week for the Rams. Is it going to be Jared Goff? Is it going to be John Wolford? We pronounce his name correctly. Wolford. First question in the press conference. Sorry, what's your name again? <laughs> uh I know that my coaches have pronounced it incorrectly, but it's Wolford. Do you actually say the L? Uh, yeah, I think sometimes, but I don't correct them. So let's see who's playing quarterback this week for the Rams. To me, I don't really think it matters, but let's go through some stats. The Rams defense, pass defense in particular, has been really, really, really good. They're eighth in team defense. And in the last 25 years, the eighth team in the last 25 years that have led the NFL in opponent scoring defense, opponent total defense, opponent passing defense. So the Rams defense from a passing perspective is tremendous. But the Seahawks defense has been really, really good over the last eight games. And, you know, I'm, I'm sold on the Seahawks defense. I am not sold on the Rams offense. The Seahawks have allowed 150.4 fewer yards per game in the second half of every game in the last half of the season since the inception of the Super Bowl era for the NFL. The Seahawks defense has been tremendous. And when whether it's Jared Goff or whether it's John Wolford, I don't care who it is. The Seahawks defense has been playing tremendous. And I know, you know, Russell Wilson has not been playing great the second half of the year, but they held the Seahawks. I mean, they, they held the Rams to nine points last week. And it's totally up in the air whether or not it's going to be Jared Goff or John Wolford. And to me, I really don't think it makes a difference. The Seahawks are at home. The Seahawks have won 10 straight playoff games at home. And I get it. There's no fans in the stands in Seattle this week. But I just think that with Chris Carson running the ball, with you know a, a multitude of receivers, and I get it that the pass defense of the Rams, they're number one pass defense, number one defense, number one total defense. But their quarterback play of the Rams versus the quarterback play 
of the Seahawks, to me, that's the difference. And the line right now is three. It's three. The Seahawks giving three points. For me, with Goff, you know, potentially out with an injured thumb. He had surgery on his thumb, and it's going to be Wolford or Wolford or however you pronounce this guy's last name. It's, to me, it's Seahawks, Seahawks, Seahawks. I'm going to lay the three. I'm going to take Seattle, and I'm going to take Seattle this game, laying the three. Seahawks to win by a touchdown, if not 10 points. That's my pick. Seattle winning this game, moving on to the divisional round against the Rams, who I think are a complete fraud. As I've said, you know, the last two, three weeks, the Rams, the Cardinals, the 49ers, total frauds. Seahawks are the only legitimate team in the NFC West winning this game, touchdown by 10 points, whatever the case might be, covering the three points. Now, props, props in this game. It's not going to be the passing because Metcalf has done nothing against Ramsey and Lockett really, when you look back, has basically done nothing against their second, you know, cover corner for the Rams either. So what I, what do I like? I like this three good props Carson over 59 and a half rushing yards minus 112 on DraftKings. Carson 14 and a half rushing attempts, minus 112 on DraftKings, over on both. And I'm going to give you an under. Under 60 and a half receiving yards, DK Metcalf, minus 112 on DraftKings. Every week, I'm over, over, over. I'm giving you an under. It's DK Metcalf, under 60 and a half receiving yards, minus 112 on DraftKings. Rams is going to shut him down. Seahawks win. They cover. It's going to be rush, rush, rush. John, thoughts? What the hell is happening right now? What's going on? JT's taking an under. Up is down. Left is right. JT hates trance. Jonathan doesn't like spaghetti. Fire and brimstone coming down from the sky. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness. Earthquakes, volcanoes. The dead rising from the grave. This is madness. This is Sparta. Human sacrifice. Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. What's happening right now? Oh, I, 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 you got me all frazzled right now. But under, 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 under. Um, I tell you what. I actually got three props I like for this game a lot. And, uh, and we talk about all the time that we really, we both love quarterback rushing yards, right? That's something we look at all the time, especially for those guys like Russ who have shown that they've got wheels. And yet for some reason, the, the, his rushing props are really never that bad on um, DraftKings, You've got Russell Wilson at 24 and a half rushing yards plus 100, you know, pretty good odds. And that is something that Russ has hit 10 times. Oh, excuse me. Let me backtrack one second. It's 24 and a half on DraftKings on FanDuel. It's actually 22 and a half rushing yards at minus 112. And that's something that he's hit 10 times this year. The Rams defense is still really good. I think that could contribute to Russell Wilson taking off if he feels the pass rush. Russ will, especially in the playoffs. So I see him hitting that. I'm also a pretty big Josh Reynolds fan. Uh, the Rams number three receiver, uh, I think has kind of come into his own this year. His prop on receptions is only two and a half. And I bring that up because the odds are great at plus 30, 137. Uh, that is something that Reynolds has hit multiple times, including the last three games of the year, which include the last game uh, in which he had four catches and six targets from Mr. John Wolford. Wolford, Woldford, Woldford, the other guy, not Jared Goff. So I like Josh Reynolds. Wolford, 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 Wolford. Bueller. Um, Bueller. 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 Um, he's sick. My best friend's sister's boyfriend's brother's girlfriend heard from this guy who knows this kid is going with the girl who saw Ferris pass out at 31 Flavors last night. I guess it's pretty serious. So I like Reynolds to get at least three catches plus 137. The last one I like, listen to this one, throw you a little curveball real quick, is Russell Wilson again, but I'll take Russ to throw an interception over 
0.5 interceptions on DraftKings is plus 136. Again, with the good odds on DraftKings. Uh, and why am I taking Russell Wilson, one of the best quarterbacks in the game, to throw an interception tomorrow? Well, he's playing against the Rams, who have a really good defense. Number two, Russ has thrown a ton of interceptions this year. He threw 13, which is a career high, and he hasn't even thrown double digits before this in like three years. So I think Russ is more susceptible to throw an interception tomorrow than he has been in past years. And I think we're getting good odds because people still know that Russell Wilson is a good quarterback. They don't think about him throwing interceptions. So people aren't betting it. So those are the three props I would add. I'll take Russ to throw an interception. Russ, 22 and a half rushing yards, and Josh Reynolds, over two and a half catches. All right. I mean, all good stuff. I mean, we, I think we crushed this game until, uh, you know, we've, we've basically soaked everything out of it. Uh, so there's six games, and uh, I'm up, actually up next to finish off our Saturday slate, which is Tampa Bay Buccaneers at not the Washington, who you would think they are. It's the Washington football team. And they're the home team, which is insane when you think about the NFC East and how crazy it's went back and forth between the the Eagles, John's team, uh, the Cowboys, the Giants, Tampa Bay, I mean, uh, Washington. But Washington came out at the end, and because they won the division, they are the home team. So it's Tampa Bay at Washington. The line is, right now, as I see it, the Washington football team getting, not giving, getting eight points, eight points at home. So you think you're home, you're, you know, you're giving three. So it's basically Washington giving 11 points or I'm sorry, getting 11 points, but they're getting eight on the point spread right now on DraftKings, which is where I found the line. So let's look at this. Let's, let's look at this game. Washington is the first team since 2013 since the Seahawks to allow 20 points or fewer in the last seven regular season games. You're going to get a defensive perspective here, but I'm going to give you a little offense here. Alex Smith, the starting quarterback for Washington, who's a little iffy because of his calf, but when he has started, he's won his last five starts for Washington. He's five and one as their starter. Little common theme here. Tampa Bay, on the other hand, has been putting up 24 plus points in their last seven games. Although Washington has, you know, they've given up less than 20 in their last seven games. So it's a, it's going to be, a, I think to me, it's going to be a really tight game. The Buccaneers are on a four game winning streak, but let's look at Washington. Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, Darren Payne. That's their front four, all first round draft picks all of them and they are annihilating the rest of the nfl washington team second team defense and it, you know what i give it to their front four and chase young has been everything that any anyone has said he was going to be this year he has he has lived up to top billing he has been tremendous and he's called out tom brady he said he wants to play against, you know, the greatest of all time, the GOAT. I think this is going to be a really close game to me. I honestly, I don't think, I don't, I don't know who's going to win this game, but getting eight points at home for Washington, I'm taking Washington all day, all day. Wow. Give, wow. Give me the eight points. I'm taking the Washington football team. Give it. I mean, getting eight points, getting eight points against Tampa Bay. I know that, you know, the Buccaneers are on a four game winning streak. They're scoring over 24, you know, plus points every game. I saw Tom Brady, you know, throwing passes left and right to, uh, to Mike Evans, to Gronk, to, uh, you know, to whoever uh, in the last couple of games. But I think Washington is really going to put up a fight. Um, my biggest concern in this game is how healthy is Alex Smith going to be and is Tyler or Taylor Henneke going to be able to like, you know, hold the fort in the, in the event that, that Alex Smith can't give me the Washington football team getting eight points against Tampa Bay this week, close game. Can't tell you who's going to win, 
Wouldn't be surprised if Washington won the game, but give me Washington getting eight points. My prop, Rob Gronkowski over 33 and a half yards receiving, minus 112 on DraftKings. He's going to be his outlet. He's going to be under some pressure from the front four of those four first round draft picks. So Gronkowski over 33 and a half yards receiving, 112 on DraftKings. John, I'm sure you like Tampa Bay in this game. Tell me what your thoughts are. That is true. Uh, Listen, I like a lot of what you said there. A home dog in the playoffs, which is something I'm going to talk about in a minute, is something that I normally love here. Um, I watched Washington play an entire game last Sunday night. You're right about the talent they have up front on defense. It is phenomenal. Chase Young, I – I know he just finished his rookie season, but I, I think he's got Hall of Fame written over him, all over him. That's how good I think he is. But I don't think they're there quite yet. I think Alex Smith is barely hanging on by a thread as far as continuing to play. I would have zero confidence in, in, in Taylor Heineke or Tyler Heineke or whatever his name is, John Wolford, whoever the backup is. I do think the Buccaneers go into Washington. I think they win. I think they, get, they covered the nine points. I think it's a double-digit win for the Bucs. I think Tom Brady in the playoffs, I think he's going to be on a mission to go as far as he can. Um, and I think that by itself could beat Washington by nine points. He's really finally showing the connection over the last month of the season with both Godwin, uh, who had a great game last week, and Evans, who's really come on in the last few weeks as well. Um, so I think the Buccaneers actually win. So I'm going to go the other way on that. I love, love, love the Gronkowski call. Um, I think that uh, Brady will be going to Gronk um, early and often in this game. So I think Gronk could easily hit that. I also like the receptions for Gronkowski as well. Three and a half for Gronk. Uh, The odds are fantastic. They're phenomenal at plus 130. And I think Brady will go to Gronk, like I said, early and often, and especially down on the red zone. So I love Gronk to get four catches in this game at plus 130. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree with you on the Gronk catches. That's actually really good odds on the receptions over three and a half. You know, I just, you, my concern is it's going to be, you know, Gronk for, you know, 17 or 18, Gronk, you know, another 20, and then all of a sudden he hits his 33, and then all of a sudden he's out of the picture, and it's uh, it's Brady trying to throw deep to Evans or, you know, some of the other receivers that he has, you know, Antonio, Antonio Brown or uh, Chris Godwin, you know, here's something to think about. And it, my concern over the line is this. I'm not sure if Washington's actually going to win the game, but Washington is second in defense. Tampa Bay is sixth in defense. It's two defensive teams playing against each other. I can see this game being, you know, 14-10, 17-13, 17-10, uh, you know, 14, six, 21, you know, 14, something like that. And I think with eight points being the spread over that seven point sort of like margin to me, that's why I'm leaning towards Washington in this game. And that's why I like, you know, the Washington football team. So listen, we've, we've covered the, the Saturday games. We're moving into the Sunday slate. So John, take us away on the first game. All right. I've got the first game on Sunday, and that is the Baltimore Ravens against the Tennessee Titans. Both teams coming in at 11 and 5. The Tennessee Titans won the division by going 5 and 2 down the stretch in their last seven. The Ravens also hot down the stretch. They come in off a five game win streak, and the Ravens are minus three on the road. We have the Tennessee Titans, who are a division-winning team, playing at home on Sunday, wildcard weekend, getting three points. That is plus 102 on the Titans side on FanDuel, minus 124 on FanDuel for the Ravens. Such an interesting game to me. Uh, most Many of you will recall that the Ravens and Titans played in the first round of the playoffs last year. And the Ravens were just coming off of uh, Lamar Jackson's phenomenal breakout year last year. Looked like potentially one of the best teams in the league. It was going to come down to them and the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. And the Titans actually won the game on Derrick Henry's back. But this year, 
the Titans defense is not nearly as good. As a matter of fact, they've been one of the worst defenses in the league. The last two games of the year, they gave up 40 and 38 points respectively. And of course, last year, Tennessee won. Uh, They played again this year. So these two teams have now played twice in the last calendar year. Tennessee beat Baltimore in overtime 30 to 24 back in week 11. This is such an interesting game to look at. First of all, I love the Baltimore Ravens. You know, the Eagles are are my favorite team, but, you know, there's these other teams that develop and and you just enjoy watching them. The Ravens are one of those teams. I think Lamar Jackson is such a fun player to watch. I love the fact that a running quarterback is a thing now in 2020, um, and they're letting some of these guys play to their strengths. I love that. I love Gus Edwards because he's from Rutgers. And I love the Baltimore Ravens defense, the way they've sort of retooled that defense with young talent like Patrick McQueen. Ladies and gentlemen, Lightning McQueen! And uh, trading for Yannick Ngakwe. I really want to take the Ravens. I want to take the Ravens here because I'd like to see them go far, and I love Lamar Jackson. And the Titans, like I said, have a subpar defense that has really given up a ton of points this year. And typically, I like to go with defense in the playoffs. However, I'm constrained to go the other way here. We've got the Titans at home getting a field goal from the Ravens. And I would keep an eye on this too over the weekend because it opened at three and a half. And I'd really really love to have that half a point hook. But I'll still take the Titans getting three points here. Again, these two teams played earlier this season. They played to an overtime game in which the the Titans won 30 to 24. I think the Titans are going to run the ball a lot with Derrick Henry. I think the Titans have been here before, have beaten the the Baltimore Ravens a couple times in a row. And the Ravens, even though they've been very successful two years in a row, still might be just a little too young, I think, to take that next step and, and advance further in the playoffs. So I think the Titans could win this game outright. I'd like the three-point cushion as far as betting the game, plus 102, uh, pretty good odds here. One of the things this game is hinging on that we just don't know 100% uh, yet is A.J. Brown, the Titans star wide receiver. He missed four games, excuse me, he missed two games earlier this year, and he still led the Titans with 70 catches, 1,075 receiving yards, and 11 touchdowns. He caught a touchdown in 10 of his 14 games. He's a big factor for the Titans. He has been injured and hasn't practiced at all this week. However, the Titans do have the extra extra day for Brown to recuperate, so he could be back by Sunday. For his part, Brown has said if he's breathing, he's playing. I think that's big for Tennessee. That gives them the big play um, receiver that they need to go against Baltimore. So I'll take Tennessee and the three points. As far as props go, I'm going back to my quarterback rushing yards, baby, but not the way that you might think. I'm going Ryan Tannehill. His rushing prop is 16 and a half yards, minus 124 on DraftKings, 17 and a half on FanDuel at minus 112. I'll take Ryan Tannehill to get me that 17 and a half. It's something he would have hit the over on in the last three games of the year. And against Baltimore in week 11, he had 35 rushing yards. Ryan Tannehill is is sneaky good when it comes to running the ball, so I love that. Getting to the guy that you knew I was going to talk about, Lamar Jackson, his rushing prop is 68.5 on DraftKings at minus 155. It's 74.5 on FanDuel at minus 118. Listen, he's their most dynamic player, one of the most dynamic players in the league, uh, Baltimore's best player. I know he's going to take off in this game a bunch of times, so I like Lamar to uh, eclipse his rushing prop here. And I'll even take the, the more expansive rushing prop. Uh, that is the um, 74 and a half yards on Fandle at minus 118 because the odds on DraftKings at 155 are just straight garbage. One more Lamar Jackson prop for you. I like Lamar Jackson to throw over one and a half touchdowns. That's plus 112 on Fandle. And again, Jackson, not known for his throwing prowess, has thrown at least two in the last three games. And remember, Tennessee's defense is trash, so I like Lamar to throw at least two touchdowns. Tennessee, again, 29th against the pass in the league this year. One last bet, sneaky bet. I want to get on the Gus bus for a minute. 
RU's own Gus Edwards to have at least one and a half catches. Odds are bananas at plus 168. Gus Edwards, although clearly not what you'd call a receiving back, had at least two catches in two out of his last three. So at 168, I'll take that. I'll put a 50-burger on Gus Edwards to get one and a half catches in this game. So overall, I think it's a tough game, tough game to call. I like both teams a lot. I love Baltimore's young defense. I love Lamar Jackson. But on the road against a team that's already beaten them twice, seems to have the book on Lamar a little bit. And even though Tennessee has that terrible defense, I think Vrabel's a good coach. I think Tannehill's a competent quarterback. I think Derrick Henry will tote the rock a ton. Uh, And I think Tennessee will keep it close, potentially win. So I'll take Tennessee and the three points. I'll take Tannehill and his 17 and a half rushing yards. I'll take Lamar's rushing yards because I think he's going to have to, he's going to try to shoulder a lot of the load, the load himself. I'll take him to throw over one and a half touchdown passes and Gus Edwards to have at least one and a half catches. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on these props in the game overall. And also if you would recommend a Derrick Henry prop. Now, Derrick Henry in the playoffs, I really wanted to bet on him, but man, his, his, his props on his rushing yards is about 120, which he can easily get because he's Derrick Henry. But 120 is just too rich of a number for me. As far as the rushing attempts go, you're in the neighborhood of 26, 27 carries. Again, something that Henry could obviously get. That's too rich for my blood if I'm putting money on it. So I'm not taking either of the Derrick Henry rushing props. So tell me, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, this is a really tough game for me to call. I think that... uh Baltimore's really coming into this week playing really, really well. And I, I and I recognize why they're favored by three points against Tennessee. But, you know, Tennessee's a really good team as well. So for me, I'm going to stay away from this game as far as betting it. I think this game could go either way. I mean, Tennessee at home, you know, getting three points is probably a really good thing for Tennessee. But I could see them losing by a touchdown at home as well. So as far as the game is concerned, I'm going to stay away. With, with Derrick Henry, you know, here's how I look at it. I looked at the prop and I saw 120.5 rushing yards over under. And I'm like, Ugh. you know, if it was like 110, 111, you know, under 100, you know, maybe I would go, you know, over Derrick Henry rushing yards. But 120.5 in the NFL, that's crazy. Those are crazy yards. And 26 and a half rushing attempts. I mean, you have no idea how this game is going to go. I mean, uh, Tennessee could be down by 14 points. And all of a sudden, you know, your bet on Derrick Henry to go over 120 and a half evaporates in two seconds. Because they're not going to hand the ball off to him. He's not going to get rushing yards. So I would stay away from Derrick Henry as far as the rushing yards and rushing attempts. I mean, the, the bets that I really like in this game is I like Dobbins over 61 and a half rushing yards, minus 125 on DraftKings. And the other two bets that I really like is our great running back from the Scarlet Knights, Rutgers University, Gus Edwards, to score a touchdown, who seems to be like kind of like their short yardage guy. On, on some, you know, in some games, but, you know, he could break it for, you know, 15, 12 yards plus 175 to score a touchdown Gus Edwards for, uh, for Baltimore. Uh, I like that, that prop. And of course, and I've won this like weeks, you know, several weeks is Lamar Jackson to score a touchdown. I think he's going to, I think he's going to rush for a lot of yards. He might not cover the rushing yard prop in this game, but to score a touchdown, plus 130, great odds. Lamar Jackson to score a touchdown. That's my prop on this game. Lamar Jackson, plus 130 to score a touchdown. John, any last thoughts on this game? No, I, obviously, I love Lamar Jackson to score a touchdown in, in this game. Uh, again, Tennessee with a terrible defense. Uh, I think it's going to be a really fun game, man. I, I really do. Uh, and, oh, man, it's it, you're right. It's, it's very close. I want to take the Ravens, but... I, I got to give me the division winner at home getting three points. Who's beaten the team they're about to play twice in the last year. 
yeah, man. I mean, it, this is like this is a really tough game for me. It's it's a game that I'm probably going to stay away from, uh, as far as the point spread is concerned. You know, I'll look at the player props, and and again, you know, with the touchdown scoring, those are like the props that I'm looking at. And Dobbins has been like lights out as far as rushing, uh, and Tennessee's defense has been you know not that great. So I think you know covering the 61 and a half yards for Dobbins to me seems like a good bet, but. I'm going to monitor this as it comes closer to, uh, you know, Sunday, you know, afternoon. Uh, but, you know, we move into the mid-afternoon games and you have uh, Chicago Saints. So talk to me about that. Yes, the Chicago Bears, the mini monsters of the Midway at the New Orleans Saints. Drew Brees is back. The Saints 12-4 and four in a very interesting season. Uh, so they, they end up winning their division. They were the first team in the NFC to actually clinch a playoff spot. And they were without their, their main starting quarterback for much of the year. We all know what happened there. Taysom Hill came in and won a few games for the Saints. Um, we know how much Sean Payton loves, loves, loves him some Taysom Hill. Uh, the Bears, man, basically stumbling, bumbling, and fumbling into the playoffs at 8-8. Eight and eight. Uh, They had a chance to, to win to help their playoff chances last week. They got their brains beat in by the Green Bay Packers. And the only reason why the Bears are even in the playoffs is because the Cardinals also lost on the same day. So, you know, not exactly inspiring a lot of confidence from me in the Chicago Bears. Um, and obviously not from the odds makers either, because we're looking at one of those double digit point spreads again. On DraftKings, the Saints are giving a big fat 10 points at home at minus 112. A little bit better if you want to bet the Saints on FanDuel, you can get minus nine and a half at minus 115. And listen, I'm not going to hide it here. I'm taking the Saints here. I think the Saints blow the Bears out. Interestingly enough, these two teams also played earlier in the year. In week eight, the Saints beat the Bears in a very close game. They actually went to overtime in that game. Saints won 28-23. But again, that was Nick Foles um, starting for the Bears. And uh, he, he didn't exactly acquit himself well during his, his stretch as the team starter. Mitchell Trubisky is back as the Bears starting quarterback. Doesn't exactly inspire a lot of confidence in me here, especially on the road at New Orleans. Uh, New Orleans, I think, is getting right at the right time. They got uh, Drew Brees back from his injury. He's got a couple of games under his belt. Um, Michael Thomas after missing a few games early in the year and really looking like he was hampered with his injuries for the rest of it, looks a lot more like himself over the past couple of weeks. Alvin Kamara is running on all cylinders. Of course, he had that incredible six touchdown game on Christmas day. I think the saints are really coming into their own at the right time. And don't forget that the saints defense has been dominant all year. They were the number three defense against the rush. They were the number five defense against the pass. I don't see Mitchell Trubisky or David Montgomery putting up big numbers in this game. So give me the Saints. I will lay the nine and a half on FanDuel because I'll take the, the, the extra half a point, but I don't even think you're going to need it. As far as props go, minimal props today on Friday on either FanDuel or DraftKings, but I do have a few for the listeners out there. Number one, it's been well-established that Sean Payton can't quit Taysom Hill. I wish I knew how to quit you. Loves him to death. He wants to give him a hug, you know, give him a little kiss in the cheek, you know, rub his hair a little bit. He loves him. Uh, and I fully believe that Taysom Hill is going to get plenty of reps in Sunday's uh, four, uh, 445 game. Uh, if, if nothing else, to, to help spell Drew Brees after his injuries from earlier in the year. And also down near the goal line, I fully expect Peyton to give Taysom Hill a couple of shots. So I like Taysom Hill to score an anytime touchdown at plus 250, very nice odds there. Second, on DraftKings, this is interesting to me. You can take a versus bet. So you can take a prop where uh, you pit Allen Robinson against Michael Thomas, uh, and you take odds on who is going to have more receiving yards. I think Robinson is at like minus 118. Michael Thomas is, is minus 109. So Michael Thomas is actually the better end of the bet here. And I think a lot of that is based on the fact that uh, bettors are thinking about Alan, uh, excuse me, thinking about Michael Thomas and the time he missed earlier in the season, JT. And also that even when he came back 
he, you know, wasn't putting up great numbers because, you know, he looked like he was still hampered by the injury, like I said before. And also uh, he was playing with uh, Taysom Hill for, for a little bit and that didn't help him out uh, every game either. Uh, but here, I, I like the fact that you get better odds on Thomas than Robinson. Drew Brees is back, and Thomas has really clicked with Brees over the last two weeks. Last week, he went for eight catches and for 84 yards. The week before that, nine for 105. So Thomas, I, it looks to me like he's back. And Robinson, on the other hand, while I love Robinson, he's a talented, I think, big money player um, who's a free agent at the end of the year, by the way. Uh, he has been hampered by hamstring. Uh, he was held to 37 yards receiving last week. He practiced in full on Wednesday, but bad sign. He was back out of practice on Thursday. So he's listed as questionable. I expect him to play, but I could easily see him being uh, hampered by that injury. So I like Michael Thomas there. I'll put a 50 burger on Michael Thomas to have more receiving yards than Allen Robinson. Hmm. This is a tasty burger. The last one I've got for you, another sneaky one. Drew Brees to throw an interception. Drew Brees to throw an interception uh, at plus 210. Uh, Brees has thrown, since he came back, another three interceptions. So I could see Brees getting picked off here uh, against that Chicago secondary. Uh, but the main reason here should be obvious. Those plus 210 odds are just bonkers. So I've already dropped a 50-burger on that as well. Mm-hmm. This is a tasty burger. So that's sort of how I see this game. I think the Saints beat up on the Bears. I don't think this one's going to be close. So I'll take the Saints. I'll lay the points. I like Taysom Hill to score a touchdown. I like Michael Thomas to have more receiving yards than Allen Robinson. And lastly, just as a sneaky special, I'll take Drew Brees to throw an interception at plus 210 at just delicious, scrumptious, mm, just beautiful mm, chef kiss odds plus 210. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm going the other way because I hate, what? I, I hate taking double digit favorites. So I'm taking the bears and, and what I have on DraftKings right now is the bears getting 10 points. So I'm taking the bears getting the 10 points and keeping this a close game. I'm not totally sold on the saints. I just, I'm just not. And I know Drew Brees is back and I actually like the interception bet on Drew Brees. Uh, so that's something that I'm, I'm going to definitely consider as far as a prop is Drew Brees to throw an interception. And I think because of that, I think this game is going to be a close game and it's not going to be the Saints blowing out the Chicago Bears. What I do like as far as props is uh, Montgomery over 62 and a half rushing yards and Montgomery to score a touchdown, which is plus 125 on DraftKings. Those are my two great prop bets on this. I think the Bears are going to actually keep this game close. You know, look, do I have a lot of faith in Trubisky? I don't. Uh, and his completions are 22 and a half. Breeze is 23 and a half. But I think when you look at this game, it's really tough for me to say, I'm going to take the over of 22 and a half or the over of 23 and a half, because I think this is going to be like a really close game. And that's why I like the Bears in this game, getting the 10 points. Look, the Saints lost to the Eagles. They lost to the Eagles. And I get it. It was, you know, it wasn't Drew Brees as quarterback, but they lost to the Eagles. And I can't believe in the Saints as a real true contender in the NFC North. So... To me, I think this is going to be, you know, one of those, again, I think it's going to be, you know, 17 10, 21-14, 21-17, 24-17 kind of game. So to me, to like lay 10 points and think that the Saints are going to cover this game, I just can't do it. So I'm taking the Bears, and those are my thoughts. Any last thoughts, John, before I go into – uh our last game of our wild card slate. I, I think the funny thing is, I, I think that anytime we, that somebody asks me if I have any more thoughts, I always say no. And then I give you my thoughts for the next 10 minutes, man, I'll take that. We might have to take some action here. Just me and you, I, I'm t- I got the saints covering this easy. And as far as Montgomery goes, he's not getting that 62, man. I'll bet you a, a Marcus Schultz a hoodie on that one or, or even better. How about this? Uh, this will be the bet. 
if and when we can have gatherings again safely and Marcus Schultz comes around, loser pays for the winner's ticket to go see Marcus Schultz. I'll take that. You are on my friend. You are on. All right. And that's, that's pretty much all I got. I think for this game, I love the saints in this game. I think Sean Payton's going to run circles around Matt Nagy on Sunday. So we'll see what happens, man. All right. So listen, we have the most interesting game. I think on the schedule, which is probably, you know, the third game of the year between the Browns and the Steelers Sunday night evening Browns at Pittsburgh. The Browns have not been in the playoffs since 1994 and they are playing their arch rival, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who they are since 2000, 35, seven and one. The Browns have not played well against Pittsburgh for a very, very long time. I mean, the last time they beat the Steelers on the road, 2003. It's 2021. We're talking 17, 18 years. But I get it. This is a different Browns team. A different Browns team. They have, you know, Baker Mayfield. They have, you know, a good receiving core. Their rushing offense is out of control. But let's look at the quarterback comparison, okay? We have Baker Mayfield. 222.7 yards passing per game. Ben Roethlisberger, who's been in the league forever, 253.5. So he's out, you know, past Mayfield. But per attempt, Mayfield beats Roethlisberger, 7.3 versus 6.3. Touchdowns, Roethlisberger has Mayfield, 33 touchdowns versus 26 interceptions Mayfield is better than Roethlisberger eight interceptions to 10 passer rating 95.9 for Mayfield 95 94.1 for Roethlisberger so how do I look at this both quarterbacks pretty even here is the deciding factor for me the point spread is minus six the Steelers are at home there's going to be limited fans in the stands Probably not a big deciding factor. The Browns head coach, Kevin Stefanski, COVID. COVID, COVID, COVID. Tested positive, not going to be there. Who's going to be the head coach? The special teams coach is going to be the head coach. The offensive play caller, Alex Van Pelt. Kevin Stefanski was their head coach was their play caller, and now he's not going to be there for their biggest game of the year. To me, I think this is the biggest, like, deciding factor in this game. Throw the stats out the window. I get it. The Browns have been great rushing. 148.4 yards per game rushing. Third in the NFL. Hunt. Chubb. I mean, they have been tremendous. And the Steelers' rushing offense has been terrible. But to me, I think it comes down to who's there on the field. I get it. It's minus six. I wish it was minus three. But to me, I think the Steelers are just going to win this game. And I know they haven't played well over the last five games. They're one and four after going 11-0. But the Browns lost to the Jets. The Browns lost to the Jets. And I get it. They didn't have the receiving core. But okay. So you add Jarvis Landry to the mix. Does that really make that big of a difference? To me, I think the Steelers win by a touchdown. So I'm going to lay the six. I'm going to take the Steelers. You know, that's my thoughts on this game. You know, the one other little caveat, everybody says, oh, the Steelers, they don't have Joe Hayden, you know, back in their uh, defensive backfield at cornerback. He hasn't really played all that well. Their, their sub is, is Cam Sutton who's played actually very well in interception and three fumble recoveries. So I don't think it's a really a downgrade as far as the defensive backfield against, you know, Jarvis Landry and the rest of the receiving core for, for the Browns. So I like the Steelers to cover the six and my two props in this game. I'm going to go against the grain. Although I like the Steelers a lot. I think Chubb rushing yards 
over 65 and a half against the Steelers defense, to me, I think it's a no-brainer. Minus 118 on DraftKings. The Browns are going to try to rush the ball a lot. And I know it's Chubb and Hunt, but under 70 yards rushing for Chubb, who's been like phenomenal this year, over 65 and a half. I like Nick Chubb over 65 and a half rushing yards. And then my last one is Cooper, the uh, tight end for the Browns, over 33 and a half receiving yards, minus 112 on DraftKings. Again, he's been like a go-to guy for 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 Baker Mayfield. So, so I like Austin Hooper over 33 and a half rushing uh, receiving yards, minus 12, 112 on DraftKings. John, thoughts on the last game? Yeah, this really is um... – Kind of a tough team, tough game to call. For much of the year, Pittsburgh was one of the best teams in the league. Cleveland was really just an up and down team. But I mean, you got to hand it to them. They've played really well over the last month or so of the season. Baker Mayfield has had a couple of big games. The Browns are not really a pushover here. But I think you make a good point about the coaching issues with Cleveland. Pittsburgh rested Roethlisberger to try to make sure that he's healthy. Uh, and that pass rush for Pittsburgh is still just absolutely phenomenal. So the way I would go here is the same way. I would take Pittsburgh at home. I would give the points. It's funny you mentioned that Nick uh, Chubb prop. I looked at exactly the same thing. 65 and a half on DraftKings, 70 on FanDuel. And even though Pittsburgh's defense is really good and has played really well all year, their pass rush is their biggest asset. Against the rush, they're still good, but – they're not one of the best rushing defenses in the league. They're only number 11 overall against the rush as far as yardage goes. So I love Chubb to hit the 65 and a half on that one. I also, I kind of want to take his attempts at 16 and a half because it just doesn't seem like, like that high of a number at plus 105 on DraftKings. It's actually not something he's hit very often on the year. So I think I'll probably stay short of it, but We'll see. I have a day or two to think about it, but I suggest that the listeners out there take a look at it. 16 and a half carries seems like something Chubb could get at plus 105, but I love the yardage for him. I also love Chase Claypool. His yardage prop is 51 and a half or 50 and a half, depending on if it's DraftKings or FanDuel. I like both of those against Cleveland last week. He had 101 yards. Oh, should also note uh, Chubb also had a great game against Pittsburgh. Claypool had 101 yards against uh, Cleveland last week. He would have hit the over on FanDuel or DraftKings in each of the last three games of the year. So I love Claypool to have his receiving yards prop. And then lastly, I'll take Baker Mayfield on draft on DraftKings. 19 and a half completions plus 110. Really good odds. He would have hit uh, 19 and a half uh, completions, so 20 in one, two, three, four, five, four out of his last five games. So I'll take Mayfield, 19 and a half completions. Uh, they might have to be playing a little bit of catch up in this game. So I like him to hit that. I like Chubb, the rushing yards prop, and I like Claypool's receiving. Him. Yeah. I mean, I think the Chubb um, attempts is a little tough only because they have Hunt. That's where I would get a little dicey, but I think the, um, the yardage is probably like right in there in the vicinity for him to go over. So listen, hey, we wrapped up um, all six games, Saturday and Sunday slate. And now we move into the last phase and it's our tracks of the week. So John, why don't you take it away? Oh yeah. First track of the week of 2021. I'm going to make it a good one. I'm going to go with a track. I wanted a track that has been released in 2021, but the, the year is still a little bit young. We're just barely a week into the year. So I'll take a track that was released late in 2020 by a duo called Don't Blink. It's a tech house track called Vibration on Sync or Swim Records. Just a fun, danceable track. I think it's a great way to start the year having your head bob to this track, which is dope by Don't Blink, it's Vibration. And it goes oots, 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 oots. Baseline. 
song, your, your, the track of the week, JT's track of the week is so good that he just, he's, he's without words because it's muted. So my track of the week, it's old. It's old school. It's from a long time ago. Just like us. But I walked down a set of stairs in my wedding to this track and I'm walking in to 2021 to this track. It's called Sandstorm and it's by Darude. And that is my track of the week. Boom. Listen, how can I disagree with one of the greatest of all time? And a hell of a way to step into the new year, my man. And away we go into wild card weekend. I mean, does it get any better? Usually it's four games. Usually it's four games. But this year it is six games, three on Saturday, three on Sunday. And we are ready. Wild card weekend. 2021 may your bets be sharp and your cashes be bountiful for all you out there who are listening to us wagers ragers will be there next week for the divisional round let's go we are out let's go wildlife wednesdays at abyss remember that Woo!